You're listening to Woman in Politics London. Hello, I'm Sue Hillis, a board member of Women in Politics. Women in Politics has launched the 2020 Ask Her campaign as part of an effort to encourage women to consider running for office in an upcoming election at any level of government. This campaign's primary goal is to support all women who would like to become involved with politics by sharing the experiences, perspectives, and advice of other women who've already entered this arena. We'll hear from women who previously served in public office, from current elected officials, and women who ran in the past. All will offer their advice and experience to help inspire other women to enter the race. Above all, we want to achieve the goal of having more women's voices at decision-making tables. Today, we welcome Carol Dick, former Green candidate for London North Centre. So welcome, Carol. And perhaps you can tell me about the moment you decided to run or what led to you deciding to run. Um, Well, there was sort of a a series of things that happened. Um, There was sort of external factors as well as like things personally within myself. So, I mean, part of it uh, for me and, and being a green member was the fact that I was back in Oxford and um, I had realized that Canada had a very negative reputation internationally for their environmental policies. And that was something that sort of alarmed me because Canada had always been well regarded. Um, so I ended up joining the Green Party, who I'd always supported from the moment that I could vote. And it just so happened that a year later, um, there was a call out for candidates. Would anyone be interested in going forward um, for any of the members in London North Centre? And I'd really been having this feeling that I wanted to make sure that I had done everything I possibly could to for my daughters to um, leave them a world that was going to be better and show them that I tried my best. And so I mulled it over for a couple of weeks and thought about it. I mean, no one had approached me, nothing. I just thought, I'm going to give it a shot. We'll see if it happens. And it did. I did end up becoming the candidate. But it was sort of this drive of, of wanting to show um, my daughters that, you know, you can, if you believe in something, you can go for it and, and try to make a difference. Were there any questions you needed to answer for yourself in making that decision? I think I really needed to know whether it was something I could balance at the time. My children were quite young. Um, I think, you know, many of us sort of suffer from that imposter syndrome. I I really worried whether I was going to be good enough. Was I going to be smart enough? Would I be able to do these speeches? You know, it was um, a lot of self-doubt. And I think those were some of the things that I was really questioning more than anything was, you know, can I do this? Am I able to do this? Will people take me seriously? But other than that, I I wouldn't say that there was anything that I really um, contemplated beyond this thought that I should should try. So that's imposter syndrome. Do you feel that was the biggest hurdle that you had to overcome in order to commit to running? I would say definitely that was the biggest thing. I really felt people would look at me and think, you know, who are you to be doing this? Um, Part of it for me as well, uh, running in London North Centre, I I worried people would be concerned because I'm not 
originally from London, Ontario. I do know in many of the elections, it seems to be very important, you know, that you're from London, that you um, went to a particular high school or something like that. So that was something else that I felt like um, was maybe going to be a strike against me because I'm originally from British Columbia and have only lived in London 13 years. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, this feeling of, you know, um, for many of us, uh, especially if we have kids and if we have young kids, we get into this thing where people look at us as moms. And I've had many experiences in my life, especially in my last master's degree, where people looked down on you or made comments like, oh, well, the housewives, this, they're all, you know, concerned about the elephants. Very derogatory comments, always about housewives. And I really felt this strong feeling that I was going to go out there as a candidate and people were going to look at me as, you know, somebody who had been a housewife looking after young kids and not take me seriously. And um, certainly at the door, you get a lot of that where when you have young kids, people say, well, how do you expect that you can do this? How can you be a politician and have young kids? How can you be a mother and be a politician at the same time? So you do, you do get a lot of that. So you had some of those expectations when you were getting ready to campaign. I did. Were there any other expectations leading up and did your experience line up with that or did it differ in any way? You know, I, I didn't have a lot of expectations. Um, I will say that like each of the, I've, I've run twice federally and once provincially, each of the campaigns and each of the elections were completely different. There was different acts, uh, aspects of each one um, that really changed the dynamics. It depended on who you were running against, what what was happening at that time, whether you got a lot of negative pushback or, you know, the the number of volunteers that you would get, the the amount of support that you would get. Um, I would say each one was actually very positive. I I think that I mean for me, you know, part of my advice going forward for any of the candidates would be to really try to build the relationships with some of the people that you are running against. Um, because if you are respectful with other people, it really changes it. And I think that was one of the things that maybe um, was somewhat unexpected is how, how close you become with the people that you are running against if you, if you make those, those um, efforts to reach out to people. So that was a bit of a surprise to you then. That, that, that was a surprise, yes. <laughs> Do you have any other surprises that came along on the campaign trail? Um, I would say, um, I would say, and I'm going to say this as, as, a, as a negative uh, surprise, but something that sort of pushes you to continue doing what you're doing. Um, you do get those times when you knock on doors and people will say straight to your face, we don't vote for women in this household. That happens, you know, for me, it was three to four times each campaign. And, you know, that can really shake you sometimes, you, especially if you're, you're out there um, knocking on your own or, you know, you've only got one other person, you have someone who's very antagonistic, very openly um, against women running. And it's each time afterwards, I take a moment and think, nope, this is exactly why I'm doing this because it's not just to inspire women and get women out there, but it's also to have 
other men see that women can fulfill those roles, that they can do a lot to affect policy, that they are very capable and able to do it. So if anything, that kind of pushed your drive. But I was, I was surprised um, that people can have those kinds of reactions. You know that it's there, but it's quite different when it's straight to your face. For sure. Were there any other barriers you faced as a woman in your campaign? Um, I would say one of the things that is a bit difficult is if you do have young children um, and you are on your own, both, well, two of the elections and part of the other one, I was actually on my own at the time because my partner was away doing research in Europe. And um, it can be very tricky trying to balance kids and trying to take care of all their needs and also doing everything else. So there is many times where, you know, you're, you're bringing the kids to the debates with you. And I would say one of the things that would be helpful um, going forward, certainly for some of the larger debates or things that happen is if they um, were open to the fact that sometimes some of the candidates need to bring their children or they need to have some kind of childcare. Uh, it was it was difficult sometimes trying to juggle those things if you do not have family in the city, for instance, or someone to help you out. So um, that was one of the things that kind of was a block for me. Yeah, certainly when we ran our own Women in Politics All Candidates meetings, we did have child minding on site. But then when we partnered with others the last couple of rounds, that wasn't available. So I certainly think we need, as you suggest, to push more for that to make it more accessible yeah. for everyone and ex more accessible for people to attend as well, of course. Exactly. That's the thing is that a lot of times you see that there are younger women or women with children children of a young age that are unable to attend the events because either they can't afford childcare or they're unable to find it. And so then they are not necessarily included in the political debates and, and policymaking because of that barrier. So what advice or guidance would you offer a woman who's just starting to think about running for political office? Um, I would, first of all, advise that you should absolutely do it. Um, it's one of those things that it is, it's a lot of work. It involves, you know, a lot of your time and effort, but it is absolutely worth it. And I, I have a story about that, that um, I'd like to share is just that, you know, I did this for my daughters, as I said, and there's those moments when you're going to ask yourself, am I making the right decision? Should I be doing this? Is this, um, you know, this takes away a lot from your family. You're, you're very active. And less than a year after the first federal election, we had moved to Berlin and my daughters were in a school where there was really a, a macho atmosphere. The boys very much reigned supreme and did not think very much of girls. And this was coming through and, you know, girls can't do math, girls can't do science, etc. And it was a bit of a shock for my daughters, this sort of machoism. Anyways, they have house, they have class houses. Um, so much like Harry Potter. Gryffindor, that kind of thing. And you have to vote for president for each one. And it's always a boy. Every single time it's a boy. And the kids have to vote on who it's going to be. And my daughter stood up and said, and she was only just turned 10. She said, I, I want to run. She, of course, did not win because, as she said, all the boys are going to vote for the boy. And then the girls were voting for the boy as well because this is what they're used to, that there would be the boy. 
but my, they ended up making my daughter vice president because she had actually stood up and tried to campaign to become the head of the house. And I said, well, what made you think to do that? You're in a brand new school and you, you don't really know anybody. And she said, well, I saw you when you were running and I saw you do it. So I thought I can do this too. And for me, that was like, at that moment, I knew I'd absolutely made the right decision to run in the election because I had given her that example that it doesn't matter that it's always a boy that's head of the house, you can be the head of the house. So my advice would be to do it, to know that you're making a difference and there's no such thing as losing. I, even if you're running a campaign that seems like unlikely to win, you are still successful because you got out there, you changed the dialogue, you changed what people thought, how they looked at things, and you've all, you've always made a difference. You have impacted people's lives. So um, that would be one of the, the things I would say is just take that chance and know that you're, you're changing people's lives. That's an amazing story. Thank you for sharing that. It goes along with that saying is that if you see it, you can be it. Yes. So if we don't offer the examples, then people don't realize they have the opportunity. So exactly. Every, every campaign is successful, if only for that purpose, that they're seeing different people out with their exactly. messages and their values. Exactly. What are the supports that you received that you found most helpful or most important to you? And how were you able to get that support? I would say, I, I, I will use actually the provincial election um, that I was in as, as an I idea for how I really had a lot, a lot of support. And with that one, um, there were four Green Party candidates in the four ridings for London, and we were all female. And in that uh, election, we all bound together. We created uh, sort of a group where we chatted with each other, we shared information, we shared our struggles, um, we helped each other out with childcare. We, we did a lot of things to, um, you know, just look out for each other, for your men mental well-being, for every every aspect. And I would say that those supports, having other people going through the same thing that you're going through, and and sharing those experiences and looking out for each other, that was um, really impactful and and very helpful. And it, it definitely. Um, you know, I, one of the people that I would also credit for being a huge help to me was I had Brona Morgan, who uh, helped me through in my first campaign, definitely acted as a mentor. And I've been trying to repay that, pay that forward since. So I have acted as a mentor to other first time female candidates and having those kinds of systems in place where women are helping women and, and listening to them and helping with their problems is fantastic and that's what we we did lifting each other up propping each other up in the provincial election and it was really good for all of us thank you don't forget to follow the rest of this campaign on twitter instagram youtube and facebook thanks for listening <laughs>